Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined alongside my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, I know you were hoping the same thing I was, that we would be in here on a Monday after a road trip with a different narrative to yeah. talk about. But yeah. the narrative of the 2018 Green Bay Packers season away from Lambeau Field has not changed. Sunday at Soldier Field, 24-17, to the Bears win. The Bears clinch the NFC North. And as has been the case for... The bulk of this season when the Packers are on the road, it was a game that was there for the taking, and the Packers unfortunately didn't take it. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to sum it up. Uh, I, I think it was everything we thought it was going to be as far as this game. I remember there was actually one exact point where I was recalling this. Right before the Packers scored their only touchdown of the day with the Jamal Williams run, about two minutes before that, right after the Devontae Adams 23-yard catch on second and four, I believe it was, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this is exactly the way I thought this game was going to play out. I didn't think either team was going to get blown out. Right. I thought it was going to be down to the wire. I thought it was going to be the typical December NFC North chasing you know, matchup that we've grown accustomed to. And for the Packers, as great as that drive was, afterwards they just didn't respond with it. The defense uh, gave up points. The offense had two straight uh, three and outs. Yep. And in Devontae Adams, a credit to him, his 100th catch on the season, another 100-yard performance afterwards, talking to reporters in the locker room, said – it's just been that third quarter all season, it seems like, with a few exceptions where the Packers just went into a stall mode. Um, they just weren't able to find their rhythm, and it happened once again. And against the team, like you and I said all last week, Michael, against a team like the Bears, as proficient as they are and the fact that they were going to be, their antennas were going to be up a little bit more in terms of the second half, you can't do that. And the Packers did, and they got their seventh loss on the road. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay was certainly uh, fighting an uphill battle in this one. You're banged up on both the offensive line and the defensive line with some starters being out. You lose Aaron Jones at running back early in the ballgame. Jamal Williams stepped in, played pretty well, I thought. Um, the Bears, obviously, a, a much uh, cleaner picture of health than the Packers are. But that being said, I think, I think the most frustrating thing about it, Wes, is that, you know, with the fake punt, the Packers stop it, they capitalize and score. Tie up the game 14-14 after being down 14-3 at half. But then the Bears decide to get tricky again right. when they're in scoring range to take the lead. They go with a wildcat shotgun thing with Tariq Cohen and Mitch Trubisky flanks out to the side. And then Cohen botches the read option handoff, just hands the Packers the football. Yep. Fumble, Green Bay recovers. We talked about turnovers and how important they would be in the game. And it's like, there's the moment, fourth quarter on the road. The home team has just blown its chance to reclaim the lead. In scoring territory. No, In scoring no territory, worse situation. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't have had to gain another yard, and they'd probably take a 17-14 lead yep. there. Packers get the ball. The game is still tied. But three and out, you allow a touchdown. Three and out, a long punt return and a field goal. It was like the game just changed instantly because whereas it seemed it was going to start to snowball in the Packers' direction, the snowball just started rolling down the hill the other way, and uh, and another one got away from Green Bay. Yeah, it did, and, and that was probably the most disheartening thing. They had two major momentum-shifting plays. As you mentioned, there was that recovery 
by Dean Lowry being able to jump on that ball, get the ball back to the offense. And then there was also uh, Fatal Brown. Uh, give him a lot of credit. This is a young man that came in, was with the Raiders two weeks ago, gets cut, the Packers claim him. Yeah. He ends up making a phenomenal play, uh, a solo tackle on third and three, makes it fourth and two, stopping I, I, the running back. I can't think of his name. I think it was Cohen. I think no, it was Misval. Or oh, that's right, number 33. I can't they're, think of his yeah, they're, they're the third, third guy. guy. Yeah. So he yeah. stops him, and it's third. It's fourth and two. They try to do some trickeration on that too. Do the fake punt, direct snap to Benny Cunningham. Brown and Jake Kumaro are ready for it. They stop him, and you get the ball at midfield. And both times the Packers just were not able to capitalize on those. We know what of a grind it's been for the defense and special. Well, teams. the Packers did capitalize on they the did. fake punt. Yes, they, they drove down and scored the touchdown. Right, there, they did but, get it there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I guess I meant more from the standpoint of just the momentum factor. Yeah, just no, to you're, yeah, you're, abso- you're absolutely pull right. Pull it back in your regard. But yes, as far as points were pure points were concerned, yes, huge play for them. But, you know, it's just it was those things where it's just you thought maybe this is what it's going to take to get the Packers going and get the Bears really reeling. And a credit to Matt Nagy's crew, both of them they ended up bouncing back with, and they got a win that they needed to clinch their first North title since 2010. Yeah, the Bears are in the playoffs now. They'll have at least one home game as a division champ. Um, first uh, playoff appearance since 2010 for Chicago when uh, – when the Bears advanced to the NFC Championship game, obviously at Soldier Field when the Packers won and went on to their title. But um, the Bears still uh, in the hunt now for a potential first-round bye because the Rams lose on Sunday night football. Now Chicago's only one game back, and if uh, if the Bears actually could tie up the Rams record-wise by the end of the season, the Bears have the head-to-head there. So Chicago still looking for bigger and better things in terms of their positioning. Meanwhile, the Packers now two games left to go, officially eliminated from the playoffs with the loss and with Minnesota's victory over the Miami Dolphins. And, uh, um, you know, Packers are a banged-up team. We'll see how things look going forward here and uh um but you could you could just you could just feel it you know the post game press conferences with Joe Philbin and Aaron Rodgers I know you were in the locker room I know the the playoffs in some senses were you know it, it was like a pipe dream and there were still a lot of things that needed to fall into place but losing this game to a division rival having them celebrate a division champion championship kind of at your expense and everything there were uh, um it, it was this was a tough one to swallow for the Packers yeah. a season that a season that has been a lost season on the road in terms of not being able to win a game away from Lambeau the Packers came in confident that they would fight for this one and they did fight for this one but they they just once again came up short well when you say like and I know what you mean by this by saying it was a pipe dream it was a five four or five percent chance but you know don't tell Devonte Adams that you right know, Adams afterwards in the locker room was like you know to us it still seemed very realistic because yep. it wasn't completely out of the realm of possibilities for the Vikings to lose twice no especially after firing John DeFilippo this past week the the issues that they've been having offensively and the fact that they were going through their own midseason doldrums and then you look at it, you're just needing Washington to lose. You need Philadelphia to lose, Carolina to lose. And as it turned out, the week basically went as poor as it could for the Packers. But to Dante Adams, to that locker room, they still felt like there was a chance. If they took care of their own business, that things could be interesting at 8-7-1. and one. Yeah. But at the same time, 
as Adams also pointed out, you can put those charts on Instagram and Twitter. You can create all the graphics you want. At the end of the day, you have to win the game. The Packers didn't do that. This is a tough one for Green Bay in a number of regards. One, obviously you're going into a, an environment at Soldier Field that's going to be energized. They're excited about their nine-win football team, uh, as they should be. Um, they got the tornado sirens blaring and all that jazz. <laughs> yeah. But you know, then you lose Aaron Jones early on to the knee injury. Jamal Williams does a really nice job filling in. But Jones, you have to imagine, with the way they were using him early on, was going to be a big part of that game plan. Um, you know, you're, you're playing without Brian Balog on the right side. You know the issues that are going to be there trying to defend against Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. There's just so many different components that factor into a game like this. And for the Packers' perspective, while there were individuals that I thought stepped up, collectively the Chicago Bears just played better and they got the victory. Yeah, I mean, I take nothing away from the Bears' defense. I do think it it might be the best defense in the NFL. It's certainly one of the top two or three at this point. But you look at that game, Wes, and it's, it's frustrating because it really looked like there were plays to be made. And yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers talked about it after the game. So did Joe Philbin. Yes, there were some missed throws. There's also, you know, route running issues. There obviously are protection issues. You just mentioned with Khalil Mack. You know, I think it was Mack and Floyd combined for four and a half of the five Chicago Bears sacks. A lot of uh, questions about just what is going on with this offense. And I thought, I thought Joe Philbin said it best that that it's never just one thing. I mean, yes, there's a throw missed here or there. There's a protection breakdown here. There's a route running issue there. Rodgers, without going into um, a whole lot of detail, basically said it's the details. And and that's frustrating when you're 14 games into the season because, you know, those are the types of things that are supposed to be ironed out in training camp in September. You know, then as you get later in the season, you're starting to click a little better. And for whatever reason, and it's a number of reasons, it just hasn't clicked with this offense on any kind of a consistent basis, especially away from home. The, the one silver lining I took away from this, and I said it all last week, Mike, it was one of my subheads for one of the inboxes we did, is we're about to learn a lot about both of these teams. I think we've learned over the last two and a half weeks, Chicago Bears are a very real threat in the NFC. I think they're a team with their defense and the way they're built. If Mitchell Trubisky protects the ball like he did in this game, they can go a long way. From the Packers' perspective, this was a game you had to win because not only does it keep you in the playoff race but these are the type of teams you're going to have to beat if beyond that regular season let's say you do you know defy all the odds and get in you have to beat the teams like the the bears and you have to do it you know methodically with with what is required to to be able to play a complete performance yeah it's about execution in the clutch exactly quite frankly and the packers played a solid football game on the road for three quarters and then, and then in the fourth quarter, whether you want to point to the three and outs and some missed throws, whether you want to point to a penalty on special teams that allows the Bears to start across the 50 and then a big punt return right. that's allowed later on, you had special teams breakdowns, and you had defensive breakdowns with a couple of defensive penalties on the go-ahead touchdown drive. You had missed tackles here and there. That Missed tackles was kind of the issue for the defense in the first half. They seemed to clean that up in the second half, and then the penalties started to yeah. bite them. So, but you look, you look at the fourth quarter, all three phases, all three phases had rough, rough moments and made the types of killer mistakes that cost you games because 85 to 90 percent of your games in the NFL come down to the fourth quarter. Yeah. You've got to make the plays in the fourth quarter. And, and on the road this year, the Packers just haven't done it. The one I would have liked to have seen, I think there's two plays that stand out to me when I look back at the game. The one, if, if the, that I believe it was the post route that uh, 
Equinemia St. Brown was running in the end zone. It looked like he had a little bit of separation yep. from him. If mm-hmm. you're able to connect on that, take seven instead of three there, right. what mm-hmm. that could do for you. Actually, I even thought the Hail Mary at the end of the first half was actually pretty competitive. That was uh, close. I mean, yeah, Devontae, Devontae Adams got his hands on it. looked like he had a chance. I think it was Eddie Jackson who yep. kind of got his arm in there as well to just to mess it up enough. That, Did what uh, he had that, to do. Yeah, that yep. Adams couldn't get a clean catch on it. In the one I really wanted to see, if you're able to get that ball to to Randall Cobb there, you know, get that explosive play downfield that mm-hmm. I believe was on one of those three and out scenarios, uh, what that could have done. Because not only is it a huge play in a big moment of a game, but also that's Randall Cobb. I mean, you know the ghosts that kind of haunt the Bears <laughs> yeah. as it relates to Randall Cobb and yeah, big no, plays. Yeah, no question about it. Could have really turned it. But as Clay Matthews said afterwards when he was talking to the media, I mean, those not those plays specifically, but those type of plays, the type of plays you need to make to win games, the Packers just haven't done that enough this season, and that's why, you know, in these eight losses, six of them have been within one score. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Randall Cobb because there were a couple of instances there uh, one on the first three and out in the fourth quarter, and then on the second three and out, there was the one Rodgers is scrambling a little bit, and Cobb breaks free. Your classic scramble route, your veteran receiver is with you, and Rodgers, Rodgers just missed him with the throw. And then he said after the game that the wind just kind of took it. Yeah. Like he thought, you know, you saw that he had him and everything, but it the, was the, bizarre. The wind, too, the yeah, wind the, the, yeah, the wind took that throw off target. And then on the next drive, after another sack on first down. Packers are behind the chains, but Cobb is right there for the slant and the ball is there and he drops it when he probably at least gets the first down. And if he breaks one tackle, he might be, you know, potentially off to the races there. So it was just those types of missed opportunities. And it just seems that with the Packers, the way things have gone on the road this year, those missed opportunities continue to happen in the fourth quarter, in the key moments when you're right in the game. They haven't been blown out. You know, yes, the the early games, Detroit and Washington, they were coming back from huge deficits. But since the bye week, all these road games against some very, very good teams, they've been right there. But then the missed opportunities in the fourth quarter is what costs you. And then because the other team is the team making those plays, you're always coming home with a loss. You and I, we're going to have plenty of time in a couple of weeks here to kind of you know look back on this season and yeah. what stands out to you. I think, you know, one of the things the Bears really benefited from this year, in my own opinion, is, you know, when you finish a certain place in your division, it makes the, the schedule theoretically easier because you'll face teams from corresponding spots. Right, in two, those two spots in the schedule. I'm, yeah. I've already been looking a little bit towards 2019. The schedule is interesting for the Packers, what they could potentially you know do. I think they had ended up, you know, you have to win games. This record is what it is, but the schedule that they ended up having this year, when you factor in what happened in November, the stretch they were on, the teams they were playing, it's going to go down as one of the more difficult ones I think this Packers team has faced. That being said, you have to win the games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – there were so many – quirky things about this season that uh i i think it it really um it's gonna make it one that when you think back on it you know packers hope it's an anomaly you hope you can pull everything together but it's uh it's definitely been a strange year yeah no question about it um well quickly here Wes, the green bay packers get ready for game day with the powerful noise canceling technology of bose quiet comfort 35 headphones 2 Learn more at www.bose.com slash Packers, Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers. And at home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all. That takes a lot of energy, so grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay. 
We mentioned, obviously, the Packers officially eliminated from any playoff contention. The mathematics uh, are what they are. But I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in this NFC playoff picture. I already mentioned the Bears and the fact that they still have a shot now at a first-round bye yeah. because the Rams lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. But that uh, the two wild-card spots in the NFC, West. The Seattle Seahawks lose at San Francisco. First time the 49ers have beaten the Seahawks since 2013. Is you that talk, what it was? Yeah, you talk about a division rival oh. that had just owned the other one. The 49ers get their first win over Seattle in five years. Seattle still in the five spot for the wild card. The Minnesota Vikings get a win with their new offensive coordinator. They put up 41 points to beat the Miami Dolphins. So Minnesota is sitting in the sixth spot at 7-6-1. Six, and one. But you had the Eagles pull the upset against the Rams with backup quarterback Nick Foles. The Washington Redskins on, what is it, their fourth quarterback yeah. of the season? They win down in Jacksonville. I think it was in Jacksonville. Yep. Um, so both of those teams from the NFC East are 7-7 seven and seven and right on not only the heels of the Minnesota Vikings for the sixth spot, but now just one game back of the Dallas Cowboys for the lead in the NFC East because the Cowboys went to Indianapolis as one of the hotter teams in the NFL and got shut out. So the Cowboys are still leading the NFC East and currently in the four seed in the NFC, but they are eight and six, and two of their division rivals are just one game back with yeah. two games to go. Yeah, this was a humbling week, I thought, uh, specifically <laughs> in the NFC because a lot of narratives changed with, you, with the results of week 15. Absolutely. In the NFL. I mean, everybody leaves Philadelphia for dead. Uh, you know, with Carson Wentz being down, everything's working against them. Well, hey, Nick Foles is still doing his thing <laughs> against his former team in the Rams, although right. it's been a change in city. Uh, and that's where it started for him last year, yeah, was out in L.A. Nuts? as well when he had to step in for Carson Wentz. But so then you have the, figure, right? the Steelers, they just came off a demoralizing loss. Oh, yeah, let's go beat the Patriots. And uh, in, <laughs> in the fact that you had, like, the San Francisco beating uh, Seattle, just mind-blowing. But the one that stands out to me the most as far as maybe a feel-good type story Josh Johnson, who entered the league in 1984, won his first game as a quarterback. 1984. Sorry. But, I mean, no, I mean, his first win. I know win what you're saying, yeah. As a quarterback, a starting quarterback. Yeah. Josh Johnson has played for 33 of the 32 NFL teams. <laughs> he finally won a game for a Washington team that's on its fourth quarterback, the most recent of which they've signed two weeks ago. Yeah. The first overall pick in the Spring League draft just led Washington to a victory, and they're still in the running for the playoffs. They're still in it. And, hey, by the way, Dallas Cowboys, hottest team in the league. Oh, we're going to get shut out by the Colts. Uh, dude, this is going to be – I wish the Packers were a part of it. I know. It would be fun I know. to it would, track it would, this in January. It would, it would be fun to be paying attention to this with the Packers in the mix because because the results yesterday in the in the NFC just kind of made things crazy. Everything's nuts. Yeah. Everything's turned on its head, yep. and it's the great part of this league. You can't ever just say, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. This is exactly what's going to happen, and then everything changes on you on a dime. It's going to be fun to watch these playoff games in January. And to be honest with you, Michael – Whoever ends up grabbing those final two spots in the NFC, I wouldn't count them out from being the team that's going to no. end up making to the Super Bowl. It just seems like one of those yeah. years, as long as you don't have to go to the Superdome. Okay, so quick question along those lines before we go, though. So hot team in Seattle loses, hot team in Dallas loses. Teams like Washington and Philadelphia that are left for dead win with backup yep. quarterbacks. So what does that mean tonight? Do the Panthers 
end their losing streak against New Orleans of all teams and get to seven and seven and keep themselves in the hunt. And then the number one seed is up for grabs yeah. again because New Orleans loses. Or do the Saints put their stranglehold on the one seed with a win tonight? Here's, what do you think? Here's the biggest thing. I, if the Saints come out and they avoid the disaster that happened in Dallas and they actually play the Panthers and win this game like they're supposed to, I think you're looking at the team that's ready to get on a run here and be the quintessential favorite in the NFC. I absolutely I absolutely agree with you. They 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 can they can put that bullseye on their yep. chest tonight. They are the team to beat in the NFC if they win in Charlotte tonight. And if they don't, <laughs> I have no idea. I think the I know, only truth I know. honestly, I believe the only truth right now as far as this NFC race is concerned is that you don't want to play the Saints at home. Right. Anything else? That, totally that, up that's grabs. the thing. If the I've been saying it all, all along, if the road to the Super Bowl and the NFC goes through the Superdome, it's very hard to see somebody going in there and beating the Saints. But if the Saints have to go on the road, I mean, hey, all bets are off yep. at that point. And and tonight's game, tonight's game is going to play into how that sets up very significantly. And Sean Payton's been there for a long time. Drew Brees has been there for a long time. I'm sure they're fully aware of that and what this game means and potentially. What momentum can be claimed if they're able to pull this out the last three weeks of the season? Yeah, all right. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, you can still find him at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>